Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined today by Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants and Giants Country as we discuss all of the uh, the latest developments in, in what's turning out to be a disastrous season for the New York Giants. Patty, how you doing? Are we uh, are we having fun yet? <laughs> oh, Ed, when's the bye week again? How many more weeks till the bye? Can we can we just skip the bye because that makes it longer until the actual se- the season is actually over? Can no, no, I bye? want the bye. I want no. the bye. I've got plans for bye week. I I, I want the bye week now. <laughs> oh no, I just I, I I want the I want I want the bye week to just slide past so we can be done with the season. But uh, well, I want and, that too. But but anyway, Patty, not a lot of good news to talk about with the New York Giants these days. Two and seven. Um, basically a train wreck of a season for a ton of reasons. I don't think any of us really, really saw this coming, but of course we have to start with the Daniel Jones news. And of course, out for the season, torn ACL impacts probably the arc of the rest of his career has to impact the future direction of the franchise. but. You know, first and foremost, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, he's still a 25, 26-year-old young man. I feel bad for the kid. I thought this nine-game stretch for the Giants beginning last Sunday was really, really important for for him in terms of the direction of the franchise. And I think we got our answer in a quarter in one play as to what the Giants have to do here. Yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. I feel bad for him. Um, he's done everything asked of him. He's worked his tail off. He's sacrificed his body. He hasn't embarrassed the organization. He's basically been everything you'd want in the face of the franchise with the exception of the franchise quarterback, unfortunately. And, you know, this being year two of him being in the system for him to show such regression the way he did in a quarter of a play on uh, Sunday. And even before that, you can argue that he showed regression. It's just mystifying. You would think he would take a step forward in this offense. He went backwards and it's mystifying. And, and, you know, you can go back and you can point to all the offensive line issues he had the first few years in the league, the lack of a number one receiver. You can come up with any excuse you want. I think this regime is going to look at okay, what have you done for me lately? And lately, 
It just hasn't been good enough. No, it hasn't, Patty. And the point that I've been making at Big Blue View is, yes, it's two years with with Shane and Dayball, and they're not seeing, you know, Joe Shane paid Daniel Jones four years, $160 million, two years of guaranteed money to see if he could be more than he was last year. And he's been less. There are some extenuating circumstances to that, but when he was healthy, he was less. And the the overarching point that I've made is the reasons don't matter anymore. It's been five years now. It's been two general managers. It's been three head coaches. It's been probably twice that many offensive coordinators and offensive line coaches and it's been, you know, a lot of different teammates and a lot of bad offensive lines and not enough good offensive, not en- enough good wide receivers. But none of that matters. It's been five years and it hasn't been good enough. And the Giants are going to be in position to to make a play for a quarterback. And I think they just have to. Yeah, I, I think it's it's time. I mean, look, you're never going to have everything perfect around you. And yes, the Giants, when Daniel Jones came out and and they were ready to transition to him, they could have done a better job in setting him up for success. But, you know, they've made efforts over the years to to do that. And a really good quarterback finds a way to elevate the the, uh, talent around him. And, you know, last year we saw glimpses of that, you know, because they really didn't have a whole lot to work with in terms of, you know, premium talent. But they overachieved. And this year, again, you know, you have some injuries. I get that. The offensive line has been inconsistent. You know, no offensive line is really consistent all the time, but the Giants more so inconsistent. It's just it it it's it's time, you know, it's it's unfortunate. But you know, the Giants, as you said, they're gonna be in a position probably to draft a quarterback. And that's a guy that, you know, they can start from scratch with. Brian Dable can develop and, you know, get this guy on a rookie contract and do the rebuild the right way, the way it should have been done when you brought in the new GM and the new head coach. Right. I think, you know, Shane and Dable have, for a couple of years, they've, they've sort of worked around or worked with the hand that they were dealt. And, but I, I think getting their own quarterback would be a real true restart, a reset for the franchise. And, you know, it might be a little bit awkward because Daniel Jones isn't going anywhere next year. But when you look at it, Eli Manning was still there when Daniel Jones got drafted. Mm-hmm. This happens, you know, th- this happens all the time you get the veteran quarterback who's being phased out is still there it in Tennessee they've drafted quarterbacks highly in back-to-back years and yet Ryan Tannehill was still the starting quarterback at the beginning of this season he isn't that any longer but that's that's the way it happens due to contracts and and a lot of things in this league so it might be a little bit awkward next year but I would assume that whether it's a first round pick, second round pick, whatever, there's going to be a young quarterback there who the Giants are looking at as as hopefully being their future. Yeah, you know, it, it, exactly. This is this is like the Eli Manning situation all over again. Eli was earning, I think, nineteen million dollars in the final year of his contract. They kept him on board as a backup, 
as a mentor. Now we've kind of come full circle. It looks like Jones is going to have to do the same role because you're right. They're not going to get rid of him. They won't save. If anything, they'll take a loss. And if you look at the numbers, the loss that they would take would exceed the cap space they're projected to have next year. So they just have to kind of eat it, if you Mm -hmm. will. And, you know, a lot of people ask, well, why did they go and do this if they weren't sure? And you go back to the the structure of the contract. They gave themselves an out after two years, an out that they're obviously going to have to take now because they were drafting low in the draft order this past spring. You know, there were no other veteran options available that were better than Jones. They really had no choice. And I guess you can go back and you can point to the fact that, oh, in retrospect, Joe Shane should have franchise tagged Daniel Jones or even, I'm sorry, franchise tagged, uh, yeah, franchise tagged Jones or even picked up his option year. Well, you know, it is what it is. They did what they thought they was best at the time. And here we are. Yes, here we are. And I've always said you have to prioritize quarterback over running back, but you know, but that's that's an argument I think we've had a few times, Patty. So let's uh, let's move on to another topic that I want to hit here, and that's simply this, Patty. How in the heck did this happen? How in the <laughs> heck did we get to two and seven? How in the heck did we get to this season being a total disaster? I would have expected. Based on the schedule and and all of that, I was like, okay, there might be some regression. It might be a seven-win season, but shoot, this team could win seven games and still feel like it made progress, you know, based on how it looked. But I don't think anybody saw this coming. So please, please, please tell tell us how this happened. Well, I blame you, Ed. You know I'm going to blame you for everything that goes wrong. No, no, My (laughs) wife blames me for everything else around here. I'm not taking the heat for this one. Big Blue View is not taking the heat for this. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I, I think, Ed, look, I mean, the Giants, let's go back to last year. They got off to, what, a, a six and two start. Everybody was like, whoa, look at the Giants. Break up the Giants. This against an, an easy schedule, fairly easy schedule. But schedule if you go that back, was, if I can interrupt, schedule that when you go back and look at it, Tennessee wasn't as good as people thought they were. Green Bay wasn't as good as people thought they were entering the season. So a lot of those wins are maybe not as impressive as they looked originally. Well, what I was going to say is that a lot of the wins that the Giants had were by one score or less. And that was just, in retrospect, never going to be sustainable. You look at the Giants' record after their Week 9 bye last year. They only won three games. They had one tie, and then they had, what, five losses? Right. So, you know, things right around midseason is when teams start to really gel and, you know, start to show their their true who they are. So maybe you could trace back to, to, to that and say, okay, Maybe the warning signs were there. So now, fast forward to 2023, they have a tougher schedule. You know, they get out of the gate, loan out, which, you know, I think deflated them. Mm -hmm. Um, I question if they ever really recovered from that. And they've struggled to score. You know, with the exception of that Arizona game in week two, they haven't scored more than 20 points this season. All right. That 
is very telling. So, you know, this supposedly with upgraded talent, with, you know, this everybody being in year two of the system. So what happened? Well, yes, you had injuries. There's no doubt about that. But you also had guys regress. Isaiah Hodgins, for example, we were all saying, oh, my God, what a great find he was. Has he done much this season? He's been healthy. Have, has he done much or have I missed it? No, you, you might have blinked, Patty. I might have blinked. All right. And, and I'm not picking on Isaiah, by the way. I'm just using it as, yes, as an you example. Yes, you are. I'm going no, to tell I'm not. him. I like too. Isaiah. I'm going to tell I'm him. using him as an example. Okay. <laughs> you look at the roster construction and some of the decisions they made, you know, the depth on the offensive line, you know, instead of adding quality depth on the offensive line, they had to have 20 million uh, slot receivers, which <laughs> I still don't get. The punt returner. You know, yeah. it's it's like they seem content with just, okay, just put somebody back here, there who can catch as opposed to, you know, flipping the field. And even the guy they put back there, Eric Gray, had Can't trouble catch. catching the ball. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you look at some of the roster decisions, how they, they put together the starting offensive line, and they just weren't ready to start the season. You know, the defense, we knew the defense would take a little time to gel, and it, eventually they gelled a little bit better than than the offense has. but. You just add all that up, and then you throw in some of the game planning and, and play calling, and here we are, Edward, in with the season over. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patty, let's move on to another topic that sort of came up this week after the loss to the Raiders, which is the the latest embarrassing loss. And it's one thing to lose games. It's another thing to lose so many lopsided games where you're not competitive the way the Giants have you know, this season. It's a lot easier, I think, to, to look at, at yourself when you've lost 14 to 9 to the Bills and had an opportunity than it is when you get blown out 30 to six by the Raiders. But my point is I want to get to the 
the locker room stuff and the Xavier McKinney stuff. Xavier McKinney told Jordan Renan that he felt like leaders weren't being heard in the locker room. We talked to Andrew Thomas earlier this week, and he said he had no idea where where McKinney was coming from with that. Carl Banks was on his podcast today, and you know Carl's obviously in the building and said he had talked to all the captains, and none of the captains really understood what McKinney was saying. But it brings up for me the possibility of what can happen when a season goes bad. It's two and seven. If they continue to lose, if they continue to get blown out, the risk, as much as I think people like Brian Dable, the risk is there, I think, for things to to implode. I don't see it happening. I don't think it will happen. But do you agree with me, you know, that there's that the risk is there at this point? Oh yeah, the, the risk is definitely there. But you know, Dable doesn't strike me as the type that will let grass grow under his feet. If something starts to brew like that, he'll be all over that, like you know, uh, like like water on a fire. And apparently, McKinney had a um, a, a charitable event today, and I saw Charlotte Carroll of the um, Athletic was at it, and I think the problem McKinney had, if I understood the quotes correctly, was with the defensive approach to the game and the Raiders. So the problem would have been with Wink Martindale, right? not necessarily with Brian Dable. But that said, it was something that probably shouldn't have leaked out of the locker room because now you have everybody saying, oh my God, the locker room is splintering. That can't be good. And you got, you know, his teammates are looking at him like, what are you talking about, man? You know, what, what exactly do you mean? And that's not good. And, and, you know, look, McKinney's a young guy. I happen to like him. I think he's a smart kid, but that was not the way to air his grievances. And, you know, I'm sure he was told that by Dable, probably by Wink Martindale, assuming he had a conversation with Wink Martindale. You just don't do that because, you know, we've seen, Ed, you and I have been around, we've seen what happens when a locker room splinters and how ugly that can be. And I know McKinney wasn't here, you know, at the end of the Ben McAdoo era, when that locker room was really bad. But uh, hey, listen, if he needs a lesson in that, I'm happy to sit with him and tell him about how bad that locker room was. Yes, we were both there when Landon Collins called Eli Apple a cancer. Mm-hmm. And when that and when that entire locker room turned on Ben McAdoo mm-hmm. and, and and on each other, we were both there and, and nobody wants to see that. That was ugly. And, and, I, it, and it was uncomfortable too to work that. Absolutely. And I I don't believe that this will happen with Brian Dable. You and I have both heard for two years, we've heard players talk about how much their opinions are valued, how much this coaching staff seeks their opinions, how, you know, and, and, and we've heard about Dable's ability and we've seen Dable's ability to build relationships. So I go back and I think about the end of the Joe Judge era, because at this point, at this point in Joe Judge's second season, nobody saw his firing coming either. And then the was, Giants lost seven, but then they lost seven out of eight, and he basically fired himself. I'm yeah. just saying there there are parallels, but I think Dable is, you know, temperamentally and relationship building wise, I think he's much better positioned to to navigate all of this. Yeah, I, I think. Look, you know. 
John Mara said it. You can't keep turning over the coaching staff every two years. Just so happens that these last, you know, the last, what, three coaches, four coaches that they've had since Tom Coughlin, for whatever the reason, they've experienced the sophomore slump, the sophomore jinx, whatever you want to call it. Dable, though, you know, you've, you've got to stick it out with him. I think, you know, last year he and Joe Shane built up some equity with what they were able to do given the limited resources. Yes, this year has gone down the tubes. You've got injuries, you've got other circumstances, but really, you know, we talk about a rebuild, a new era of Giants football. And you and I have talked about this before. We, we've always said, if you're going to do a change, you've got to sweep everything out and start from scratch. GM, head coach, and ideally quarterback, if the situation warrants it. Well, when the Giants did their reset, they brought in a new GM, a new head coach, kept the same quarterback, gave him the benefit of the doubt. He has now shown that he's not the answer moving forward. So now they're going to, you know, replace him, not necessarily sweep him out because of the salary cap, but it's pretty, you know, obvious that they're going to bring in another guy to develop and start from scratch the way the rebuild should have been done right from the get-go. Absolutely. And you know, Patty, I, I was asked this the other day. I was asked about well, what, how would people feel if the seasons had been reversed, if last year was really, really bad and this year was better? And people simply are human beings. We're all emotional. We react to the last thing we saw, the last thing we felt. And that is why people think that, that it's so awful with the Giants right now. And this season is a wash. This season is, is not what the Giants had had hoped for but if you recall and if fans recall the giants were tied with the new york jets from 2017 through 2021 for the worst record in football at 22 and 59 that is i believe a 272 winning percentage under brian dayball and joe shane in a year and a half put it all together the giants are 12 15 and 1. I think a year and a half into this rebuild if you if you look at the sum total of it that's not terrible. That's I that's more acceptable. That's more along the lines of of what you would think and overall you can argue that's progress from where they were before those guys came on board. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I think we can all agree that this rebuild wasn't going to happen overnight, just as the deterioration of the team didn't happen overnight. It's going to take multiple seasons, off seasons, to get things right. Is, are things ever going to be perfect? No, there's going to be holes on the roster, but the idea is to have as few holes as possible. Right now, the holes that they have are glaring. You know, people say, okay, well, they're going to replace the quarterback, so now this means Saquon can be signed. Maybe they bring Saquon back. I don't know. But you can also make the argument that, you know, what have they done since Saquon has been here? And Saquon's had some injured seasons. I get that. But, you know, it, I think if you're Joe Shane you sit and you say to yourself, okay, has he really made a difference in the win-loss column? You know, he's a great player. He gives you options. You know, he can change your, your offense, but he's one guy. Right. So that's another decision I think they're going to have to make. 
that's going to impact, you know, the direction they go with this offense. And that's, that's a whole show, Patty, what to do about Saquon. Yeah. There's so many, so many sides to that, but you know, as, as a quick aside, they weren't willing to give him a long-term mega contract a year ago, unless John Mara pounds the table and insists on it. He's a year older, got a year more tread on his tires, got another major leg injury, you know, that, that he dealt with. I don't, I don't know that they're going to be any more comfortable giving him another, giving him three-year deal this coming off season either. But, but that's, that's, that's we, like we can do a whole show on that one. And, and I'm sure we will eventually. Probably. But, oh, I'm sure. Patty, last topic for the day. Let's sort of spin forward. When we were talking to Andrew Thomas the other day, it's Andrew Thomas was asked about, you know, his message to the young players, his message to, to the guys as the season has spiraled out of control and about you know, what guys can get out of the, the remaining part of the season. And by if you look at the statistics, the Giants are second, the second youngest team in the league by what they call snap-weighted age, which means only the Green Bay Packers have played a younger team than the Giants so far this season. And the Giants have a tremendous number of young players. And Andrew Thomas pointed to the second half of that rookie season when the Giants were 1-7 and seven as having been really, really important to his development as a player. When he really started to figure it out, when he really started to learn how to play in the NFL. And with, with that said, as much as we joke about wanting the season to be over, because this roster is so young and they're going to have to go forward with so many of these guys, these games are important. Not necessarily winning and losing them, but for these young players to develop and learn how to do things right, especially in adverse circumstances. Yeah, you know, I had a letter sent to me from my mailbag, I think it was last week. And the person who wrote to me said, convince me why I should continue to watch this team, why I should continue to care. And I, of course, you know, you know me, Ed, sometimes I get a little, um, what's the word I want? Not, snarky? Not snarky? Snarky? Yeah, snarky. I guess snarky is a good word here. Oh, I, 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 I get accused of that sometimes too. But right. I, I said to them, you know, that's, I said, you're asking the wrong Pat. You need to be asking the Pat who draws a check from the Giants not the path that doesn't draw a check from the Giants. But then I answered the question. I said, look, you might not be interested in player development, but watching these young guys develop, these are young guys who are going to be the future of this team. So, you know, if you want a legitimate reason to watch this Giants team the rest of the way, think of it almost like preseason, you know, when the results don't matter, you don't care if they win or lose as long as they come out healthy and you see growth, I think that's the approach you have to take moving forward with this team. Because look, I don't know if this team's going to win another game this year, given the circumstances and given the personnel that they have. I hope they do. And I hope I remember how to write it when <laughs> it happens. See, there I go again being snarky, right? Oh, Patty, <laughs> but, Patty, Patty. But seriously, 
you know, we're at a point now where I think we can all agree that the season is done. The Giants are, they're not going any place other than, you know, competing for a top five draft pick. So in the meantime, look, you only get 17 weeks out of the year to watch Giants football. And it's not always going to go your way. I get that. I get that people are tired of the losing. But use these last eight games to look at the young players because they are going to be the future. You know, just like Andrew Thomas said, hey, I came on back in that, that you know, I think it was 2021. I came on and I started to, to really, you know, round into shape. Maybe some of these other young guys, you know, that, that are in their first year or their second year, maybe they round into shape that come next year. You're saying, oh, wow, where did that, you know, how did that happen? Right. You know, I'm looking at, at Micah McFadden. I'm looking at Evan Neal, who the Giants still have a decision to make about whether he's a right tackle or whether they need to move him into guard. Deontay Banks, who has had some struggles in recent weeks. Jalen Hyatt, John Michael Schmitz, who missed a bunch of games. Wandale Robinson, Cordell Flott, Trey Hawkins. These guys are all guys that the Giants are going to be counting on for the next two or three years. Mm -hmm. Their development, what they do over these next eight games, can they show, you know, can can the Giants finally start getting some balls down the field to Hyatt? You know, the development of all of these guys is important. And I think that's what you hang your hat on as a Giants fan is, is what do those guys show us the rest of the way? Absolutely. You know, I know it doesn't sound sexy. I know people are like, hey, I don't watch the exhibition games. Why should I watch this? Guys, if you want a reason to watch it, that's your reason. And that's what the coaches are also going to be looking at because I think they know that at this point, the playoffs, you know, are, they're not happening. So, you know, use the time wisely. And, and what better way to get these guys reps than in games? Absolutely. Patty, I think that's uh, that's a good place for us to wrap it up. Thank you as always. And folks, when you get when you get tired of uh, of hearing my you know beautiful melodious voice, you can always listen to Patty's podcasts over on Locked On Giants. And and when you get tired of my opinions at Big Blue View, you can always go read Patty's over at Giants Country as well. So so uh, we we know Patty Patty does good work, even though. Uh, you know, even though we, we know whose work is better, but yeah, mine. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, whose show is this, Patty? Whose hey, show is how, this? Hey, who's see, who's the senior member who's been on the beat longer than, 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 uh, the other person who gets a seat closer to the, closer to the, to the hotshot writers who travel on game days, Patty behind a post whose view is blocked. <laughs> This is true. You know, we could probably argue about this all day, but but You're I, not I think win, Ed. you haven't no, won yet. I've I've never won an argument with you. I've probably never won and an argument with will. my wife, and I never the will. The day you win an argument but, is the day that but, I, I'm going to retire. But you know, we just we just I just do these things for the entertainment value, Patty. Ah, that's all good. <laughs> you know, all people right. probably don't, some people don't realize this, but you and I back in the day used to be podcast partners. Oh, good Lord. That was a long time ago. I we know. started We started way back before the, the Locked on Giants days, doing our own little little show. And then we did Locked on Giants together. We got discovered together. by Locked and, on. 
and then and then of course we became arch rivals arch arch enemies well you you dumped me but you know I what? Did. I I dumped you, but I'm doing. I'm but doing I, but I keep crawling. I, I I keep crawling back, Patty. I keep crawling back. <laughs> That's because I'm doing well without you, man. All right. Yes, you are. <laughs> All right, Giants fans. I think you've heard enough of us going back and forth. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.